Hi, this is Roger here, just introducing you to our Dorchester Community Church online broadcast for Sunday the 24th of May 2020. New series that we're starting, picking up on a part of the strap line that the government have had throughout the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Our theme for this week is save lives and in brackets, we know a man who can. I'm going to uh, be just talking over some of the things that are on the visual broadcast that you wouldn't be able to pick up through listening to your CD. Hope that that is helpful and that the rest of what you're able to hear and listen to both encourages, blesses and challenges you as we seek to continue in our journey of following God together. May God bless you. I'm the pastor of the church here, glad that you can join us. We're going to start off this week with something very creative, with somebody who's got something to spray. Something to spray, that was me using a little spray bottle because the, the forthcoming video is produced completely from cleaning agents and detergents and materials. No musical instruments at all. picking up on the BG song Staying Alive but it's called Staying Alert
Thank you very much. Well, of course, the two words that have been in common with the first and the second slogan are those two words, save lives. I'm sure we'd all be in favour of that whole concept of saving lives. Something that is at the forefront of the goal of the entire NHS, so quite rightly, up and down the country, we've been applauding every Thursday evening out of appreciation for all that they've been doing, particularly despite the circumstances of the challenging situations that they find themselves in. Well, there was one man who was also into the business of saving lives, but maybe not in the way that we might not think. His name was Jesus, and he said these words. He said, I've come to seek and to save the lost. Well, he said those words over 2,000 years ago, and yet despite that, there are still people talking about what he said and what he did, and people are still claiming that he's in the business of changing their lives in the here and the now. That's quite incredible. So I wonder whether or not there's something about this man's life that's worth revisiting. I wonder if there's something about his words that are worth rehearing. Over the next few weeks, we're going to think about the man, his message, and indeed his mission. We hope that you'll join us for that forthcoming series. But for now, first of all, we're going to worship God in song. Thinking about that sense of God's forever. Forever that he's faithful. Forever that he is indeed strong and forever that he's with us. How each of us need to really know that. Well, why don't you, right where you are, worship God and just sing from the top of your hearts now as we worship him together.
never owned a mobile phone. He never owned a laptop. He never sent an email. And he moved around in an area throughout his entire life no bigger than the area of Wales. And yet no one has impacted our world quite like him. This man Jesus that we're going to be looking at. We're going to hear about how his life purpose kicked off at the beginning of Mark's Gospel, which is in the New Testament. Sarah is going to read for us. Now Sarah works up at Dorset County Hospital and she's also involved in leading our community kids here at the church. Let's hear from Sarah now. So if you have your Bibles, please would you turn with me to the book of Mark and chapter 1. And our reading today is Mark chapter 1 and starting at verse 14. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So, do you like a finger pointing right at you? How does it make you feel? Maybe it conjures up memories, maybe memories from school. Maybe you can think about sports teams where you were then having the finger pointed at you and you were chosen for a team. That was a good way to actually have a finger pointed at you. Or maybe like my own memories of when teacher would be pointing their finger at me when I didn't necessarily know the answer or was maybe messing about uh, in class. That wasn't such a good time to actually have a finger pointed at you. But what about if I was to say, how would you feel if God was to point his finger at you? Well, would you think that's great because he's chosen me? Or would you think that's bad because it may well be that this God may well be wanted to point something out that's not quite right in your life or in mine? Well, maybe there could be an element of both. You know, we worship a God who may well, from time to time, feel it's necessary, and it probably is, to highlight and point out things in our lives which need that sense of correction. But we also worship a God who points the finger towards us and gently and lovingly says, you know what, I love you. And that's despite whatever it is that we get wrong in our lives. Of course, the ultimate sign of God's love for us was in his sending Jesus. So what's he about? other than his annual appearance on the front of a Christmas card. Well, firstly, this Jesus offers hope. Verse 15 that we read, uh, had read to us from Mark chapter 1. Jesus said there that the time has come. That implies that something is going to happen, something significant. Now, what statement would follow that if you were to come out with a similar phrase back home? Maybe it would be something like, the time has come. I'm not going to have chocolate anymore before breakfast or whatever it may well be but there'd be a, a sense of anticipation of something significant the time has come and then you would follow that by something quite important 
When Jesus said these words, he adds, the time has come, the kingdom of God is near. Wow, what a statement. Something is drawing near. That sense of God drawing in close. Kingdom of God, what is all that about? Well, Professor Terence from Pangbury Theological Seminary tries here to enlighten us. Yes, uh, thank, thank you, David. Well, the kingdom is, is a big theme for Jesus, and it's mentioned 126 times in the Gospels. Specifically, the basic meaning of the word kingdom in the Bible is God's reign, not realm or people. Uh, for example, consider Psalm 103, verse 19, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules all over all. Uh, this means his reign or rule governs all things. In and through Jesus, God, the king of kings, is coming in a way, in rather a new way, uh, into the world to establish his safety rule, uh, first in the hearts of his people uh, and in their relationships, uh, and then by the exercise of his reign, gathering a people for himself in congregations that live as citizens of a new allegiance of this kingdom, and uh, not of this world at all. It, it really is rather wonderful. Thank you very much, Professor. Very insightful. Well, the Jews had known from their prophets that God's chosen one was going to come. There was an increased sense of expectancy. But then all of a sudden nothing for 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. John the Baptist then comes around and he's saying right out of the blue, he's coming, he's coming. Hope would have filled the air. And actually in the same way, we need that sense of hope right now, don't we? Certainly against the backdrop of the recent pandemic over the last four months or so. Imagine news getting rain though back then. Help is on its way. Jesus came to a very disillusioned people to offer hope. I believe he still offers people hope today. Whatever our circumstances may well be. Now we, all of us, need hope from time to time. Especially when things are pretty desperate. church we want to show that sense of hope in a very practical way and one of the things that we do here is through a ministry called food share and i'm involved in that i go out once a week to deliver some food parcels to local families that could do with that little bit of an extra boost right now so this last week when i was about to do my own uh, run round and went to see what there was to pick up and I thought it would be great to ask Liz, who along with her husband Kevin and her son uh, John oversee and deal with all the administrative side, thought it would be great to find out a little bit more about that ministry so that we can actually pass that on to you, so that you know what is going on locally. Following that, there's then a clip with another Kevin, a guy called Kevin Smith, who's uh, shortly going to be coming into membership here with us as a church. And Kevin's one of our most dedicated volunteer uh, drivers for all those deliveries that in and around the DT1 and DT2 area. Let's take a look. Okay, so look what we got here. That's my parcels in today. Yep. What we got in there then, Liz, today for me to deliver? Well, you've got some potatoes, onions, you've got some um, spinach, 
spinach, you've got um, sweet potatoes, grapes, your aubergines, carrots, a bit of everything really. Brilliant. Now, in case people are unaware of what the food share, uh, food, the food share uh, project is, Liz, where does all this food come from? Mostly, it's originally come. We started off; it was coming from supermarket surplus. So we pick up from Waitrose and Tesco's in Dorchester and Crossways Co-op. But we also collect fresh fruit and veg from the Fresh Food Bank. Um, and now that we've got some funding, we've had some donations in because of increased demand. We're making the parcels up. We're putting some eggs in and adding to the nutritional value because we've got nearly 100 families a week that are receiving parcels. How many families? Nearly 100. Nearly 100 families. That is incredible. Am I right in thinking that also you had a delivery from, uh, or a pickup from the chocolate factory as well? Just come back from the Dorchester chocolate factory and they've very kindly given us a lovely donation, some little treats put in the bags. And we're going to share that with Queen's Kitchen and the Dorchester Food Bank. Fantastic. Not a spare bar for me, I suppose, no, is it? No, oh, what a shame. Never no, mind. You, no. you don't ask, you don't care. No. Uh, Liz, in case anybody wanted to help out with food share or yes. find out more, yes. what would they do? You can have a look at our website, or if, you, if you're not online, ring the church. That's that's fine. If you ring the church, we'll, we'll have a chat to you about it. Um, and whether that's because you've got a family you want to refer that's in need, or whether you want to come and help out. We'll have, be lovely to have a chat to you. That's fantastic. Cheers, Liz, for all you're doing as well, and to Kevin and John. Thank Cheers. You. Okay. Kevin, you're sorting your car out right here. That looks a lot of deliveries in there. How many deliveries you got in there? I've got 12 deliveries today, plus a food bank to go with it, seven bags of food. So about 12 deliveries? Yeah. So whereabouts is it? What direction are you going in today? Warmwell and Crossways. Warmwell and Crossways. Now, I know you've been doing this uh, a while for us, which is fantastic. What makes you want to drive all over the place to deliver this stuff? It doesn't matter to me. Um, I'm furloughed. I'm sat at home. It actually makes me feel good to do good for others. I come from a background where I've needed this myself in the past as a child. So it just makes me feel good to put it in front of the young kids I see. Brilliant. And that, what sort of reception do you get when you go round to these places? Lots of smalls. There's one door I have difficulty knocking and keeping social distancing because there's an eight-year-old comes out and grabs a bag with the biggest grin on his face. Oh, fantastic. He's a Andrew. He's not on this run, but he's great. Brilliant. Well, thanks ever so much, Kevin, for what you're doing. Thank you. Now for some creativity. Grateful to Robin who came across this clip and sent this my way. And if you're going to try this at home, well, I wish you the very, very best. Take a look. I think you're going to enjoy it. Now that's, this is going to be really difficult for you to fully appreciate listening to the CD. Just to say there are four people in this particular clip who are uh, dancing as well as the clapping that you can hear. And the keyboards that you can hear them playing is actually not a normal keyboards. It is the size of the length of a room. And the four of them are playing this keyboard with their feet. That's four people, two feet each. That's eight feet. There's also some gymnastics in here as well, a little bit later in the clip. So obviously you can't fully appreciate that, but that was why we were showing the clip. We just thought it was a great little infill of something that's creative and well worth a watch. 
Enjoy the tune, though. And many thanks to Robin Atwater, who let us have this clip. Sheep, each of us has gone his own way, but the Lord has put on him 
the punishment of all the evil that we have done. It's what you call a prophetic passage. You can read about that in chapter 53 of the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. In a way, it's probably impossible for us to fully grasp. God's word tells us that we've all gone off. We all deserve that sense of punishment for our own wrongdoing eternally. Yet because of his incredible great love he's got for us, he's paved the way for the likes of you and me to be forgiven. And that's what the cross was all about when he came. And we've been remembering that when we thought about all the events that occurred at Easter. In John chapter 3, verse 16, that many would cite as being the most well-known verse in the Bible, we read there that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believed in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. That sense of forgiveness that was open and on offer for the likes of you and me, through believing faith, in that Jesus. We're to repent and believe the good news. Well, what's that repentance uh, all about? Well, it's a bit of an old-fashioned word. Um, Professor, can you help us out on that one at all? Uh, not, not, not really. Uh, I think you've summarised that rather succinctly, if you don't mind my uh, saying, uh, David. Uh, the only thing I would add is that repentance is not merely behavioural reform, uh, because true repentance involves a change of heart and purpose. Uh, and therefore, that being the case, it inevitably results in a change of behaviour. Okay, there you go. You've got the professor's word for it. Now, why not accept this invitation that comes from this Jesus name for his forgiveness? We're going to pause, and as we do so, we're then going to pray. And one of our members, Charlotte, is going to lead us in that time of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you are our saviour. Even though we sin and fail on a daily basis, you never turn your back on us. Your forgiveness we do not deserve, yet you give it so freely, again and again. Thank you. You want to be with us all individually. You call us by name. Help us to follow you better. Help us to place you in the centre of our lives, work, joy and disappointment. For without you, nothing will satisfy or make sense. Draw us near and help us to seek and develop our personal relationship with you. Lead us to have faith and understanding of the goodness and restoration you want to share with us. We pray that your heart is what others see in us today as we radiate with your joy and all we say and do. Teach us your ways, loving Father, as we try and stay hopeful and focused. Help us to believe that you have a purpose and a path for all of us. Open our eyes to what we do have, the love, the joy, provision, breakthrough, and turn us away from negativity and sin. Jesus, I speak your name over all fear and anxiety. Please, Holy Spirit, comfort all those in need today. We pray for healing over Helen Ayres and Rich Cox and all those known to us to be in poor health. We pray for all those feeling overwhelmed from working on the front line since the beginning of lockdown. Restore their strength, Lord. And we pray for all those who have been alone in this Bless them especially, Lord. 
We pray for more volunteers, for food share, and for blessings over all those who work tirelessly to do your good work, Lord. Please bless our leadership and our church members and their families and every single person listening to this message today. Nothing can ever separate us from the love you want to give us, Lord, and we thank you for that. And we ask all this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. And now here's something that's a special feature that's been pieced together by our own worship group. It's something for you to watch, something for you to listen to as well. Now obviously these guys have not been together in them piecing this together. But what comes across is their incredible togetherness. Have a listen, regardless of whether or not you know the song. Trust that God would really use this to minister to you right where you are. The song is called The Lord Is My Shepherd. This is a newer version. And then there's the response of, and I will trust in you alone. Take a look.
So that's musicians Wei Liang, Paul Farrell, Ali Whiting. Then you heard the uh, singers there, Maria and Helen and Charlene. And there's then the kids' voices then at the end as well. Beautiful. How fantastic was that song? And a huge thank you to our entire worship group for the time that they spent piecing that together. Well, now it is time for our celebration chocolate. Yes. Well, firstly, for many of you, oh, somebody's topped it up, which is even better. Now, for many of you, I know you really enjoyed the clip of Dawn uh, last week with the uh, the dog agility uh, that uh, that we saw her performing at Crufts, and you may well have been touched, as I know uh, a number of you were, with that interview of, of hearing Dawn share about her faith and her journey. But in case you missed that clip, here's another clip of Dawn in action, this time at Crufts. Take a look. Again, difficult to fully appreciate the visual impacts here. It's not that many seconds, but this is Dawn Weaver, who lives at Portland, who's been with us for about a year now. And this is her in action, getting a clear round with one of her dogs at Crufts. And the crowd fully appreciating the end. In actual fact, it's not just the dog that's running so fast here, because Dawn is really, really pacing it in order to keep up with her dog. Fantastic control, fantastic obedience of the dog as well. And bit by bit, the uh, the crowd getting more and more excited and giving uh, the right appropriate applause and affirmation and adulation at the end that you can feel picking up right now. Well done, Dawn. And the dog, Galaxy's Ace of Spades. So thank you very much, Dawn, for both the clip and also the interview. Now, one of the things that we love to hear are good news stories. I'm going to read you something uh, from somebody who contacted us this week. This is their story. They said in the course of last week, Thursday through to Monday, though it seems an age now, my daughter had high spike temperatures and was in hospital in emergency and put in COVID isolation which was awful, and I thought my, my granddaughter was going to be mummyless. I was so distraught. Several prayer groups and churches prayed for her recovery, and on Saturday night, with alternating sleep and sweating bouts, she suddenly woke up by extremely bright lights in the room, although there were no electric lights on at all. The next day, consultants were puzzled by her. And shrugging their shoulders, she was then pronounced COVID negative. She came out of isolation that night and was sent home. It's been a roller coaster, but God was so quick to answer prayer. It's amazing. So thank you, God. It's hard to believe just what a turnaround it's been. Great to get that kind of good news story. It's also good to celebrate some birthdays as well. And some people who've had birthdays and who've got birthdays coming up, well, we're going to start with Claire. I've known Claire since she was 15, and yesterday she turned 27 years of age. So happy birthday for yesterday, Claire. And here's a clip of Claire on TikTok 
with a beautiful daughter, Lily Mae. Fantastic. It's also Tracy Ellis's birthday today. So happy birthday, Tracy. And somehow we're going to need to try and get one of these celebration chocolates uh, to you. I'm, I've got too much of a bad arm from last week, so I'm not going to try and throw it. Also, a happy birthday to Helen Ayres on Thursday. Uh, many happy returns uh, to you, Helen. And I hope that amidst some of the bad news that you've had over recent days, that God will bless you on your birthday. But we are indeed praying for you. And on Friday, a happy birthday to Keith Boxall as well. Keith, who's still obviously a little bit of a Jack the Lad. Take a look at this. This is Keith in action with his wife, Carol. Well, a happy birthday there, Keith. Now, others of you may well have wondered when you heard the results of the quiz question last week about how many dandelions I'd picked in the paddock next door and the, uh, to where I live. And the answer being 9,990. That was no exaggeration, I promise. But the winning uh, guess was Paul Smith. Well, this is a picture of Paul. Paul and his wife come to our evening services. So congratulations, Paul. And uh, what else could we put in the post to you but a bottle of dandelion uh, wine. Now, coming up, we've got something for you to think about, particularly the younger generation. I want you to think trains. I want you to think in terms of names of a station. Not going to say any more than that, but next week, all being well, there's going to be a clip of something that we'd like then you to think of a name for something locally for a particular station. Shh, secret. Just between ourselves. But get your thinking caps on more about that next week. Well, what about the question that we had on this particular laughter? Well, different people have not uh, managed to guess, firstly, whether or not it was a man or a woman. I'm not sure how the person's going to feel about that. But it was great laughter. And in case you miss that laughter, here it is once again. Classic laughter, and I find every time I listen to it. I'm really, really appreciative to the person concerned who gave their okay for us to show that clip, and it was Lisa Knight. And Lisa uh, is a part of the church here. She's also secretary to the trustees, and I think proving that you do need a good sense of humour, not just to be a part of the church, but certainly to be one of the uh, trustees here as well. This is Lisa, who's explaining what it was that she was actually laughing about. Hello, I'm Lisa Knight, and it was my laugh that you heard last week. I was laughing at my son, who was practising a magic trick for an online Isolation's Got Talent competition he's doing with his friends. So please pray for us, because if he gets through to the second round, goodness knows what he's going to do next, having tried to set fire to our house. God bless. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Lisa. But something else separate to that that Lisa sent to me was this picture of a beautiful rose bush. She said these words. She said, I just wanted to share this with you. When my mum and my nan died three years ago, 
The church gave me a little rose plant. It has grown considerably since then. Thank you for such a beautiful gift that reminds me of the beauty of these two extraordinary women and of God's blessings. Each morning this gorgeous plant reminds me of my mam's smile, my nan's strength and of God's love. I hope it brings a smile to your face as it does mine. Thank you, Lisa, for sharing that. And that concludes our celebrations for this week. So, we've been thinking about Jesus offering hope. Jesus offers forgiveness, but he also offers purpose. Now, in that sense of his offering purpose, my mind went back to when he first called his first few followers. And they were there out on the beach. And I thought, if we can just imagine that for a moment. Maybe to just shut your eyes and imagine yourself being on the seashore and Jesus walking along that beach with that calling occurring right now. You know, sometimes when you use your imagination, it's almost as if you can kind of like smell that you're there. I mean, right now, I can almost like hear the gentle crashing of the waves all around me. It's really quite bizarre. Wow. But just imagine if you were there. And you're there with Jesus on the seashore. And after that miraculous catch of fish, and you're all so excited, Jesus then turns and he says to these guys, come, follow me. Maybe you'd have thought he was some sort of crackpot, I don't know. Maybe they'd heard some of his teaching before. Maybe they knew he was a radical guy. Maybe there was a sense of anticipation as to what they expected, what may lay ahead. Certainly they must have felt there'd be some degree of purpose, better than what they had. Because, you know, that's exactly what they did. They dropped their nets. I don't know what they did with the fish. And they just got up and followed him. Maybe they sensed he was no ordinary man. Peter, amidst all the excitement of that catch of fish, suddenly has his smile wiped off his face as he says to Jesus, Go away from me, Lord, because I'm a sinful man. Well, Jesus didn't kind of like rebuke him. He knew all about Peter's life. It's almost like he held out his hand and said, it's okay, it's going to be a fresh start now. New job for you. New set of purpose. Wow. Just sense what that might be like. Just use your imagination. Come and follow me, he says to you and to me. something that's got real and genuine purpose in the here and now. Not the same old day in, day out, day in, day out. God offers us so much more. He certainly does indeed offer us so much more. Something more to invest our lives in. And that starts with a decision for us to accept. Come, he says. That implies the whole essence of journey. Follow me. 
That implies an action, a response that's required. And those two go very much hand in hand. What about you today? Maybe it's a day for yourself to come. Maybe it's a day for you to choose to follow. Or maybe to even make those decisions afresh. Those are decisions that need both faith and courage. Jesus said that he would transform them from being fishermen to being fishers of men. The promise of I will make you suggests that he is able to make us into something more than we are already now. Our knowledge and level of knowledge in one sense is irreverent. He started with where that hodgepodge, motley crew of people were. He started with where they were at then, and then gave them the promise of something greater that they would then become, of what yet lay ahead. If only they were to embrace that invitation. And the same is true for you and for me. Back in the year 2000, Pope John Paul II said these words, To put your faith in Jesus means choosing to believe what he says, no matter how strange that may seem. And choosing to reject the claims of evil, no matter how sensible or attractive that may seem. He does not simply say, do what I say. He says, come, follow me. But like the first disciples at the Sea of Galilee, we must be prepared to leave our boats and our nets behind. And that is never easy. And now, a song. The song is called Build Your Kingdom Here. I hope you reflect on what we've, got, what we've just been thinking about, about whether it's time for you to come, time for you to follow. But also as we sing this song, some songs are like a prayer and this is one of those songs. Part of the lyrics say these words, build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand. Heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire. Win this nation back. Change the atmosphere. Build your kingdom here, we pray. And of course, all of that building starts with the likes of you and with me. Once again, sing your hearts out as we worship God together. song written by the Wren Collective Come set your rule Come set your rule and pray In our hearts again Increase in us we pray Unveil while we're made Come set our hearts ablaze with hope Like wildfire in
Would you build your kingdom here, we pray. Amen. So thank you ever so much again for joining us in our church online broadcast. Hope that it's put a smile on your face. Hope it's given you something to think about as well. Trust that you'll be able to join us week by week as well as we look at this character of Jesus in his own words, unpacking some of the things he said about himself and what relevance that's got for the likes of you and me. If you've got any comments, any stories, any answers to prayer or any questions as well, we would love to hear from you. Otherwise, don't forget your face mask when you're on the way out. I've got mine and equally it's good to see that others have got their kind of face mask too. So they're telling us to wear a face mask when we leave the house. I'm not really sure how it's going to protect me from the virus, but here we go. I know we said something about come and follow me. I wasn't aware that that was going to be taking place literally. I can't take self-isolation anymore. I need some fresh air and to be free. Come back now. Ariel, this one's on me. The outside world is a mess. Life in isolation is more fun than you think. The outdoors may look much greener, but right now it is not safe. You dream about going out there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around us, people coughing everywhere. You don't want to catch this virus, so you got to stay right here. In quarantine, COVID-19. It's way more clean, I just can't come near and take it from me. Out on the streets you cannot play Cause you must stay two meters away Self-isolation helps save the nation in quarantine 
We don't have to put on lipstick Cause we're not allowed to kiss Just stay in and binge on Netflix Or you'll end up like this fish Oh Freddy went outside today He thought that he could drink still all But now he do not feel okay I should have just stayed indoors Oh, when quarantine, keep your hands clean. You can win all you want, feel exposed, joy and be free. Tighten your bedroom, not too good. If you get bored, then read a book. Skype for your buddies, do online studies in quarantine. Stock up toilet paper, you need that for later, but don't take from me. Wash those hands daily, sanitize greatly, keep social distance to save our existence. Life in isolation can help save the nature from COVID-19. So thanks for joining us. This is now the music again from The Lord's My Shepherd. Great that Leo did all the filming and the editing this week, ably out helped out by his mum Charlene so God bless them both and then Bruce was up until midnight and gone putting this um, downloading this for ourselves to enjoy but let me leave you now with this uh, again a reminder of the Lord being our shepherd may we trust in him alone you god's very best as you work through whatever your new normal might look like do please keep in touch uh, and watch the or and listen rather to the rest of this series focusing on jesus in his own words god bless and thank you for listening to this please feel free to pass it on to a friend or another family member before the cd gets returned god bless you all bye-bye